Coming up on This Week in Games, we have executive level shakeups. Facebook gets the rights to Counter-Strike co-matches, and Nintendo tries to change the world through cardboard. Stay tuned to hear more This Week in Games. Welcome to another episode of This Week in Games. It is the third week of 2018, and I'm Eric McConnell, and I'm here to break down all the game news. So this week was a pretty slow week, with one exceptional news piece that dropped. Nintendo reveals a cardboard project that is mind-blowing and is looking to change the world. So if you guys haven't checked out the trailer, I'd advise you to stop the podcast right now and go check it out. Basically, Nintendo is launching two cardboard sets. One is a variety pack, and one is a pack specifically for a robot game. And the way you can think about it is you can build objects such as like a cardboard fishing rod and then put your Nintendo peripherals in it, mainly the two um, side Joy-Cons to the Wii Switch, and then play various games. So in the trailer, we got to see a house, we got to see fishing, we got to see a piano, and finally we got to see a robot destruction game where you took control of a robot destroying city parts um, with your body. This looks very interesting. This is one of those things that only Nintendo would do, just like back in 20... Whenever the Wii was released, what was that, 2010? Only Nintendo would release an underpowered console with motion-controlled controllers as your main peripheral. And I honestly think this has a potential to change the game industry. Because right now, I feel like console gaming is pretty stale. Everything's just uh, iterations over previous successes. And, you know, nothing demonstrates that more than GTA V actually hitting the number one spot in the UK this week. So it's the 14th time since 2013 that GTA V was the top-earning game in the entire UK. And that honestly just points to, you know, a lack of development or evolution that we've had in the game industry. So I really, really, really like what Nintendo's doing here. And, you know, I can't predict whether it's going to succeed or not, but just anecdotally talking around the office to people, I think pretty much everyone with the Switch is going to buy it. And, yeah, I mean, this could be a game changer. I'd see the negatives is that you actually just get sheets of cardboard with um, punch-out directions and assembly directions. That could be rough because some of the pieces featured in the trailer, such as the piano, were extremely complex looking. So I wonder how this is going to turn out, you know, an actual practice in the wild. But the trailer kind of hinted that part of the excitement is like, I buy this and I sit down with my kids. Why well, own a dog? So me and my dog Oliver would sit down and build a bunch of cardboard peripherals for my Switch. And then we'd play with them, and then after we play with them, maybe we, you know, color them or put decorative tape on them or something. And uh, it's kind of like uh, arts and crafts meets video games. So right now, the variety pack, and that's the pack with all the, you know, the piano, the fishing rod, the home, and everything else, uh, 
that's going to run $69.99 and the robot pack is going to run $79.99. So each pack comes with games for them. I assume the robot pack only comes with this robot game. But the variety pack looks like it has at least like 10 games. I've heard that they're building more right now. And they're probably going to release more packs after this. And then on top of that, there's a $10 like fun stencil stickers and colored tape pack. Um, first party by Nintendo that you can also buy. So honestly, go check out the Nintendo cardboard. And we'll just have to see how this pans out because frankly... It's another one of these only Nintendo could do moments. And, you know, they haven't been wrong that many times. Now, sure, the Wii U didn't sell as well, but the Wii U was kind of a dress rehearsal for what the Switch became. And right now, looking at how the Switch works, I could see everyone wishing their PlayStation and Xbox One was the same thing because why wouldn't you want a console that you can both bring with you and play at home effortlessly? Um, and the Switch does that. So, once again, Nintendo Labo. <laughs> we'll all have to keep our eyes out on that. So the next news, we have Facebook getting the sole rights to Counter-Strike Go Pro Broadcasting via the ESL. So, I don't follow Counter-Strike Go Pro scene that much, but I assume the ESL one is the number one circuit for that. Interestingly enough, people were already upset when YouTube Live got the rights to a lot of these esports broadcasting, and there was a lot of negative feedback to that. And then now Counter-Strike is going to Facebook. I mean, this just brings it up to a new level of memes and online bitching. So I guess everyone's just wondering why why Counter-Strike would choose to do this and not be on every platform, specifically the giant platform for video games, Twitch. And looking at the numbers, it looks like Twitch paid $90 million. Well, it's reported they paid $90 million for a two-year deal with Overwatch. And that was to get the rights to the Overwatch League. So that's $45 million a year. And then on top of that, BamTech paid Riot Games $300 million um, for a seven-year contract for rights for League of Legends. And so maybe Counter-Strike Go ESL scene wanted a piece of that pie. I mean, it's not reported how much Facebook paid for it. I imagine it was a lot, especially to outbid Twitch. But... Uh, yeah, I don't know how this is going to turn out for them. I have to imagine that they're going to lose viewerships. But, uh, I mean, they went with it, so we'll see how it turns out. So the next news, um, Tencent, that's the company that owns rights and or owns stock in probably every game company on the planet by now. Tencent uh, struck a deal with Lego to develop online games and... They threw the caveat in there that they were thinking about creating a social network geared towards kids. Obviously to sell them crap they don't need, but that's still interesting that they had ideas way past just simple online games. So basically Tencent owns, I don't know how many companies Tencent owns uh, stake in, but I, I remember they bought a good amount of Epic Games. 
specifically, this I think was around the time when Cliffy B was leaving Epic Games. Um, I believe Tencent owns a part of Activision, and I don't know who else Tencent owns a part of. Um, but Tencent basically has their hands in so many game companies. So for them to then strike a deal with Lego for these types of products is pretty interesting. Now, people might be wondering why Lego, who's been succeeding with their movies recently, would go with Tencent. Um, and I guess the idea is that Lego, just like physical product sales, according to Reuters, have been down in the last few years. However, the Chinese market, in that same time, that overall sales have been down. The Chinese market grew by an estimated 25 to 30%. So, I guess Lego just did the logical thing and wants to expand on the Chinese market and who better to go to than the number one Chinese, um, I guess, stockholder of all game developers in China. So, um, pretty interesting I don't really know where this is gonna go but I guess we'll just have to find out I I can't tell you what where Legos are in the zeitgeist of children right now I have a niece and she wants Lego toys however the toys that she wants are basically plastic toys and have very little to do with Legos or building or anything we all remember as a kid of just having that giant blue pill and those like flat um, paper thin like green Lego bases and then we would build some crappy building and then have our Godzilla plastic toy come and break it down I don't think kids do that anymore these days when they're buying Legos they're buying like Ninjago's which are basically full on um, action figures they're buying these there's a dragon series around like fairies and princesses and dragons and those have very little building in them they're mainly just like action figures and already created plastic models so i don't really know what lego's doing with its physical line nowadays and i don't know what they can do with their uh, video game line because we all remember this series of like lego lord of the rings lego star wars lego hobbit lego universe lego batman all those Lego games, but now those games, you don't see them around anymore. So, I don't know, I guess maybe they're trying a different route with that. All right, so next we're gonna go through a large number of executive shakeups. So we'll start off with Matt Booty. He's the head of Minecraft over there at Microsoft. Remember Microsoft bought Minecraft for two point something billion dollars. He's the head of Minecraft. He will now be leading Microsoft game dev and publishing. And that is because the original head of Microsoft game dev and publishing, Phil Spencer, got promoted to a senior management team role for overall Microsoft, not just in the games-focused area. So now Matt Booty will be moving up to there. I have no opinion on either of these guys, so... It's just interesting to see Microsoft taking gaming so seriously that they promoted the head of the games division to senior management, which is like senior vice president kind of level role. And now um, the head of Minecraft is moving up to take his spot. And I guess it makes sense because Minecraft is 
still arguably the most successful game um, around. You, you still see it on the top grossing for iOS and Android. Um, all right, so next we have former Pandora executives heading to Twitch, three of them to be exact, and one of them being the COO of Pandora. Now, that's a pretty interesting move. Um, let's see, I still use Pandora. I don't know how many other people use Pandora nowadays, but uh, I, I, I'm curious to see what they bring to Twitch because right now, Twitch seems like it's doing pretty well. So I'm curious to see what Pandora, who from the outside looking in, is now like a third or fourth tier music service, what these executives can then bring to Twitch. And, you know, maybe it's more um, a more cohesive corporate structure. Maybe Twitch is trying to create their own like algorithm for mapping your likes and dislikes on streams and then give you recommendations. I don't know, but that's a pretty interesting move because um, I personally, even though a lot of people see it as streaming media, I see that as a completely separate job change because the rabbit video game fans of self-produced content and their communities are way different than whatever you experience at Pandora. Um, more news, Jade Raymond of Assassin's Creed fame over at Ubisoft, formerly at Ubisoft, joined the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences as board of director. And finally, we have Jim Ryan is named deputy president of Sony Interactive Entertainment. Once again, just more, this is a slow week, people, so I'm just really you know, trying my hardest <laughs> to find entertaining stories. So the biggest executive shakeup this week actually is Eric Hirschberg is leaving Activision. He's the CEO of Activision Publishing. And I believe, I don't quote me on this, at one point he was the second highest paid CEO in the world at something like $68 million. So this guy actually has quite the legacy. He, he was around when Black Ops ships, and as we, anyone around back then remembers Call of Duty Black Ops being like a game changer and how marketing campaigns are ran. I mean, you saw it everywhere. Everyone on the planet was talking about it. And it was kind of just one of those like unifying games that so many people of all walks of life bought the game and then played it online. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to imagine he's probably leaving just from, I mean, I can't imagine he was forced out. So I have to imagine this has to be his own move and he's probably um, wants a break and then maybe move on to some passion projects, who knows. But, you know, under him, Activision, you know, launched Black Ops, like I said, the Call of Duty franchise, you know, exploded. Um, Activision became Activision Blizzard. And then also Activision acquired King, the mobile game giant. So, yeah, um, I assure business students will be studying case studies of how this guy came in to Activision at point X and left at point Y <laughs> and how he accomplished all this. So, um, 
in other news, there's a new cryptocurrency, or at least how they're selling it, called, um, well, it's, it's a cryptocurrency and a digital store called RoboCash. And basically, their whole thing is that you buy games very similar to Steam via a special cryptocurrency they developed. And then you can sell the games you bought and receive up to 25% of what you spent on the games as receive it as cryptocurrency. Now, I have a few problems with this. First of all, the whole marketing campaign for this is as if it's some new cryptocurrency that allows you to get money for your games. The cryptocurrency has nothing to do with this. I think the cryptocurrency, so a cryptocurrency like this, I see it as a few things. First of all, I see it as a giant like scheme for the developers to make tons of money because obviously the people who create the cryptocurrency in a lot of situations get the most shares because they mine the easiest to mine shares from the beginning. Second, the cryptocurrency probably isn't where their money is. The real money is trying to take out Steam. Now, they offer developers getting 95% of the sell themselves, whereas Steam right now is about 70%. Same with iOS and Google Play Store. Um, so that's a great news for developers. However, I think, you know, trying to create an online store based on gimmicks and <laughs> digital currency, I don't know. It's just, it doesn't breed confidence and that's what people need in these online stores is they need confidence these guys also want to uh, acquire games to sell that are drm free and they have a few more caveats on the games that they're looking for to sell i think it's going to be pretty hard for people to come on board with someone who's you know pushing a cryptocurrency games that can be resold and um bought at any time and um, the fact that all the games are DRM free so I don't really think this is going to take off but it's interesting the other interesting part besides developers getting 95% of the sell is they claim people who resell it only get 25% of the value because obviously their store RoboCash will get a large chunk of that but they're also going to pay developers based on the resell and I think if GameStop would have did that many, many years ago, they probably wouldn't be as hated in the game community as they are now. So maybe that's the one good idea that comes out of this, but developing cryptocurrencies for online video game stores, probably not the best idea. And that's it for This Week in Games.